If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Paula Price Show, where you can experience scripturally organic, culturally unmodified teaching, get answers to your questions, and receive powerful prayer from your host, Dr. Paula Price, author of the Prophet's Dictionary. Tune in now and get ready for an exciting time of encouragement and transformation. Welcome your host, Dr. Paula Price. It is Thursday, and it is the Thursday before our annual New Era Apostleship Summit. It is coming up. Hey, folks, it is here. And the theme, this is one that's all about you. Now, you may learn some apostleship stuff, but you will learn it all about you as the children of God, as the people of God. Because our theme this year is discipling apostolic Christians. And we're going to talk about that a little bit as we go forward. But you don't want to miss it because the shift is happening. There is a rise. The shift is happening. God is not going back to the former things. He is not going back to the days where all we thought about was soul winning. He's going back. He's moving forward, and he's extending that to soul sanctifying and soul success. You know, beloved, I I wish above all things that thou mightst what prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. One translation uses as your soul succeeds. So it's going to change. And so it is wonderful that we've had whatever God has done going forward. But if we pay attention to history, the Lord has systematically been reinstating all of his fivefold and in this sense too, the threefold of 1 Corinthians 12, 28, so that ultimately his church will be under apostles and prophets. And that is how, that is divine order. That is divine order. I say that because we've heard so much teaching about divine order, and divine order is whatever the pastor says in his church and, or, and whatever the evangelist says in his, her church and, and whatever the teacher says in her at school and, and all in all. But God has a divine order for his kingdom on earth. And that order is obvious to those who stay in his word. It, it, it is interesting that, we'll, that we will talk about divine order, and then we will go and use the structures and constitutions and, and the, uh, the writings of men, the commandments of men to establish it. Divine order for God is in his church is first apostles. And there's not a person on the planet going to call themselves a Christian can tell us that's not so. Divine order for God. Divine order for God is first apostles, secondarily prophets, Thirdly, teachers. After that, miracles. Isn't that interesting? When you study that, God is like, 
we won't get the miracles we want until, or what God really has for us, until his church is first apostles, secondarily prophets, and thirdly teachers. The disappointing part of what we've been doing as God's reinstatement of apostles and prophets is that, hey, you know, we're not getting the miracle. We are getting the custodial care of the by of the Lord. God established in his body something that I call the custodial care, the stewardship of the body, the administrations of his household. There are some providences, there are some stewardship, there are some dispensations, but God established those in his body for ongoing. That's caretaking. So God is literally doing the care, you know, taking care of his body with all of those spiritual things that we have come to think were actually, you know, miracles and whatever. And they started out as. You you realize that the first time that uh, Alexander Graham Bell heard a sign with two cans and a string, that was a miracle. Since then, it's become an institution and a utility. The first time a, the American Telephone and Telegraph Company was able to click and be heard overseas, that was a miracle. Miracles are meant to become not just stagnant monuments, but literal administrations and utilities for the betterment of humanity at life. So once we get first apostles, secondarily prophets, and thirdly teachers, we, we have the staff ready to position God's people for miracles. So clearly, from what I'm saying, divine order releases miracles. I, I like that. Don't you like that, prophet? I do. I love it. Because we are so, you know, we're like, well, we have miracles. First of all, the church doesn't even know what a real miracle is. You know, we haven't had a lot of real miracles. Now, I think some churches in the planet do because God's got some of those people, you know, around the country, but a lot of them overseas where they don't have, where their first act did not turn into a custodial utility. And so they live in that realm of miracles because they need it. You have to understand that miracles are meant to become providence. Now, you need to write now. I know you're all excited. Aren't you excited about that? Miracles are meant to become providence because God doesn't want to have to exert his strength every time that thing is needed. So what he does is he puts it out there as a miracle. People begin to come and enjoy it, but then he gives a an innovator. Oh, boom. He gives an innovator the secret to the miracle to and the secret technology to the miracle so that it becomes a providence that ultimately turns into a utility or facility for humanity. Oh, um, I, um, I got to hit it something again. I'm excited myself. That came out really good. <laughs> I am good and excited. So when you, uh, you know, we're praying for miracles, when we should be praying for, oh, come on, somebody. Mm. Okay, so let's go here. Let's just backstep on divine order from the executive branch of the kingdom. See, because Ephesians 4.11 is the service branch. Let's go here. And God has set some in the church. First apostles, 
secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps governments, diversities of tongues. Did you notice miracles are, are more than just a, a, a spectacular exploit? Miracles are meant to catch hold and to grip the person that God would tell to do this. And so every miracle has on the back side of it, the back office of it, and a technological ingenuity that is meant to turn that, phys- that immaterial thing into a physical thing that serves people. Everyone, case in point, because, you know, you say these things and folks are like, yeah, but we're that in the Bible. Good for you. I'm glad you asked. Because, you know, I need you to ask me where I got this from because I need to tell you. The first miracle in, um, in the Bible was Exodus. And, you know, God is appearing to Moses. And he appears to Moses, and, and, and he, you know, the burning bush, and he gets Israel out. And then the next thing you see God does is God miraculously carves his word, really lasers, his word in a mountain. He carves out the mountain, he lasers that word, and boom, he writes the Ten Commandments. Still powerful today. Moses comes down, breaks the ten, breaks the first tablets, and so the first thing technology he has to do is he's got to carve these stones. But when Israel goes into the promised land, that divine act, which was miraculous, became a constant practice. They had to etch the Ten Commandments in stone. In other words, no longer supernatural. Now it becomes manual. Now it becomes technical. And then as time goes on, the technology upgraded itself and upgraded itself and upgraded itself till it became a business where everybody had to had to have the, the word on their houses, so that's an enterprise. Everybody had to have the, the word, um, you know, in their temples. And so now an entire enterprise, an entire enterprise is born from the Holy Ghost, the finger of God, writing the Ten Commandments in stone. So, Dr. Price, are you trying to say that when God does a miracle, humanity is supposed to emulate it or replicate it? Absolutely. Absolutely. When God does a healing, he did healings personally by the Spirit of God because there, were no, there was no medical institution. After that, he took that same healing and he gave those he appointed to it the secrets to it, the, the, literally the organic, the biological, physiological secrets to it. As they explored it, as the, the, the experimented and all of those kinds of things, they developed something called healing that did not have to wait for the prophet to come in town and the apostle to drop on by. Miracles. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. I don't know about you, but I'm... You know, miracles are stopgaps, but they're also... Uh, um, what do you call them? They're also aspirers. In other words, they literally make offers to the people that God ordained to continue or perpetuate that miracle for the good of humanity. 
So they get the technologies, they'll get the ingenuities, they'll get the innovations. Part of the problem with the church, we dropped out of that. We dropped out of that side, and we, we just decided that, okay, well, healing is supposed to be all supernatural. Healing supernaturally is one by one. In order for God to heal in mass, everybody's got to be in the same place. This is the practical side of miracles. If I had to give this a title today, I would give, the, give this the, the practical or functional side of miracles. Because on the back side of those miracles, there is supposed to be miracle workers, and not all miracle workers are magicians. Miracle workers are your doctors. Miracle workers are your pharmacists, your herbologists, your zoologists, your scientists, all of them, because they have a brain that will tap into the heretofore mysteries and anomalies of creation and extract from them cures and healing, and innovations. Is this speaking to any of you all? See, somebody out there, you were told to go to medical school, and you didn't go. You let your preacher talk you out of it. And your preacher was like, yeah, well, you know, God, God can heal. Like that. God heals through God's wisdom. The Bible says the first thing God grabbed was not the supernatural, was not his, his exploit. The first thing God grabbed was wisdom. And still today, God says wisdom is the principal thing. And wisdom, oh, my God, wisdom is the precursor and the, 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 the supplier or purveyor of everything that comes from God's mind and God's intelligence. That comes through wisdom. And so you didn't go. You talked to your pastor, somebody else. You went and talked to your little pet prayer prophet. And, 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 and they talked you out of starting a business that was not spiritual enough. And, and, and some of you all are out there today. You are stuck in your life. You are stuck in your place right now because you passed up the, the call of wisdom to do something innovative and ingenious for the kingdom. Witty inventions have a purpose. Witty inventions. We like to talk about witty inventions, don't we? We love talking about witty inventions. Isn't it great? And we prophesy them. But has anybody ever realized that it's not the witty, but it's the invention that helps people? Witty. The word witty is not a joke. It's not a sarcastic remark as it has become to be. The word witty, the word wit comes from knowledge. Using your knowledge to invent something that brings God glory and delivers his solutions and his answers and his hope and his cures to his people. I'm shifting some things. That's why you want to be discipled as an apostolic Christian. Witty inventions. Some of you, are, I don't know who you are. You have a perfuming company. You do perfumes and, and you do um, uh, um, beauty treatments and whatever, and you've been doing it and doing it one that I don't know. You have, as a matter of fact, you invented some some uh, some sort of a perfume and a fragrance that is unique to you, and you're wondering, well, if, if God wants me to do it, then I'll just uh, He'll just give me whatever. No, get up, write a business plan, and go and and shop for money for your invention. I see somebody else who is you're supposed to be a surgeon, and you are stepping down in your training. You're not yet there, but you're stepping down from your training because you're not entirely sure that this should happen or that you should go this direction. I hear the Holy Ghost saying, I put that in your heart and in your hand. 
Stop being afraid and stop talking to people who only stay in church. I love pastors. I am one. Love prophets. Wonderful. But you need to have those three folders and five folders who are in the world to let you know what's happening. Stop hiding in the church. Don't go to college for your church. Go to college for the king and his kingdom. Finish your education. And you, I look at you, you're a young woman. You have kind of, um, you wear your hair kind of long and curly. You have medium brown complexion. You are brilliant. And you are about to drop out of college for nonsense. God says, you've got to be useful to me. You cannot say that the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just if the just is not going to do what the wicked did to get their wealth. Oh, heaven. If you believe that the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just and you have a part in that, understand that nobody is going to give you their money for nothing. You have to have an earnings plan. You have to have an acquisition plan. You have to have a means of transferring that wealth from someone else to you. And that means is your gift, your talent, your invention, your ingenuity. We always talk about talent. We talk about everybody having talent and then having some gifts. But do you know what else you need? You need ingenuity. You need innovation. Innovation is making something new or finding a new way to do something that has ceased to be effective. You need skills competences, capabilities, and proficiency. We need to put that language back in Scripture, in Scripture, back in church, and back in sermon. Let's put that language back in church, back in sermon, back in counseling and advice. Just, just realize, some of you all went to a church with a pastor who was proud to say that they didn't finish high school. You were so excited because in your mind, you believed that, that that testimony came from God, and it didn't. That was a testimony of the flesh. Because ultimately, what they said is, I dropped out, and now I can preach. And I can preach even though I don't know what the Bible is actually saying. And you're letting your charisma ride as capability and write as, as uh, competency, and you don't. If you have a high call, you need to be in a church with a high leader, a leader with a high education, a leader who can think, a leader who is a solutionist and a problem solver. You don't need to still stay up in those churches where you first got born. Those are kindergarten churches, babyland churches, elementary churches. We need them. God bless them. Don't take them down. But you, if you're called to take, if somebody, if God has told you you're going to do something big, stop being where place where your leader can't even pray you there. And instead, they're going to tell you to stop, they'll tell you to, to look for ministry and just, but just let the Lord use you. Do you know the Lord uses doctors because wisdom uses its tools and wisdom uses its witnesses? Witness, wit, knowledge, intelligence, insight. See, look up the word wit. Some of you all, you got, you got your phones right there. Look it up now. Don't take my word for it. And don't go to the little, the little commonized marketing things that they put on there about witty. Witty is ingenious. It's ingenuity. It's intelligence. So when God says he's going to give you a witty invention, you need to get an education so you recognize the invention and know how to do it. Not just riding on your, your dreams and your visions and your words from God and the words out the air and, and all of that. You, some of you have been praying for God to do something with an invention for 10 years. You're praying with the same prayer partner, same one, and neither one of y'all have realized that prayers have to be transferred, transferred into work. If you don't work a prayer, then don't pray. 
every prayer, nothing that we do spiritually will benefit us or profit us in this world if it's not transformed into something material. Some action, some work, some initiative has got to turn that prayer into a product in order for you to know God answered it. Am I helping you today? Are you all following me today? Because it's important, because the day is the day God wants you to understand. I have been, you've been waiting on me, but I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting on you to go back to school. You got pregnant in school, decided that you're not going to finish, that you going to have your child and, and go back. And once you have the child, you decide, well, I just want to be a mom and all of that. Now the kids are going, here you are, 18, 21 years later, with no future ahead of you. Go back to school. Finish it. This is powerful stuff today. Powerful stuff. And you need it. Miracle. Miracles are not just uh, 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 invisible exploits or just supernatural exploits. Miracles are acts of God that are meant to be replicated and instituted in the planet as a ongoing provide a provision or supply for his body. Oh, yeah. There was a day that we could say we couldn't make it rain. And when God made it rain, that was miraculous. And then he then released the secret to that act to the biological or physiological side of that act to people who can now hit clouds and make it rain. But are you doing it for Jesus? Or are they just doing it to fight him? Because that's what it requires. It requires you, yourself, to think differently. What I would say is that far too many Christians, far too many Christians are lazy, fearful, self-indulgent, and self-serving. No, you may not be called to serve the Lord in the pulpit, but you need to find out where you serve him in the kingdom. You not, may not be called to serve the Lord by preaching the gospel but you need to find out where you can serve him in the kingdom, in, the, in, in, in God's seven spheres of humanity. Just because you are communicated doesn't mean that you are only to communicate divine messages. Some of you are meant to communicate other things. Be a communicator. Be an educator. But I'm telling you, this whole, I've asked God, you know, you're getting something that I never said before, so let me inter- interrupt myself, all right? You're getting something I've never said before. I asked God to break the seal on miracles because it just didn't get me. I couldn't get it. And see, miracle you are not just for you to look at. Jesus said the 5,000 plus, because we always say 5,000, so obviously he starved the kids and, and, and the females. Um, because we don't realize that miracle was probably more like maybe 10, 15,000 people. Okay, which is even greater because he had to see that they came with their wife and the children. He wasn't going to say men only. I know that some of our chauvinist ministers like that idea, but that's not so. But he fed them out of his supply, out of his spirit. You understand that? But today, that miracle is still happening. I said to God, we live in a country where in most places you can get food 24 hours a day. Now, God is still going to give miracle crops to barren land. He's still going to do that. But his hope is that they would stop waiting for his miraculous provisions and begin to use, like Jesus did, pick up the fragments and turn them into an enterprise. 
turn them into a machine where they can feed each other over and over again, and then God can, can advance them with the next miraculous thing he wants to do. Now, that's the Almighty's idea. But we don't. I watch a show. I have, you know, I watch a lot of these shows. I watch the show Strangest Weather on Earth, where I believe it's in India. Once a year, they wait for this this whole, I mean, ridiculous um, horde of fish to come online, or come to the shore, and then they all take it. They go home and eat it, sell it for the moment, etc. But if if they know it happens every day, then they should set up an institution to experiment and find out how they can draw those fish because something's drawing them draw them, and then have an entire enterprise that they can feed people all year long. First apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracle. Here's something that's interesting, because the word miracles there, we think it's just, um, you know, it's just part of, like, we have three, three people or three um, persons, and then we have an action, or, or, or yeah, I'm going to call it an action or effect. But when you read 1 Corinthians 12, 29, you find out that there are people established in the earth to be miracle workers. You know, the church has got to stop thinking that miracles are eyes and nose and feet and toes and all of that. We're going to have to start realizing miracles is anything God releases from his world as a solution to this one. Some of those miracles have been happening. For example, you know, Samuel understood the miracle of, um, of, um, of uh, what do you call herbology? They had this bitter stuff. He understood that, but he had to study. We have to stop teaching people to just prophesy and start teaching them the entire office, which is why I founded Price University, because I knew that we have got to stop letting people think that, that, public, um, that their public performance is actually public service. So those public statements and you stand up and yell up in the hills and all of that, that is a performance. But it is not a service. You may declare the word of the Lord. Um, that's, I'm not disputing that. But all you're doing is having a public moment. You are not discharging a public service. And so I listened to you all, and over the years, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of calls and counsels, I still hear pastors talking about, well, yeah, well, we're just going to let you be the prophet, and you stand up and say, say what? Pastors, why are you doing it? What do you want them to say? What do you want to come from what they say? Do people feel edified? Do people feel, if a person is edified, they're built up. They're energized. They're empowered. They're impacted, inseminated. We have to do things differently because miracles will move. Because, see, this is two different things. Miracles will move when God knows that the guardians of them and the filters of them and the verifiers and corroborators of those miracles are in place and educated enough to know how to keep his people from being drawn away by imposters and mimicry. And that statement is there, and then it's also over in Ephesians 4.11. Are you all following me on this? 
because it's important that you recognize that your your gift and talent is not just for your church. Not every gift and talent is for the local assembly. It may all, everyone may be for the, the corporate ecclesia, but it's not for the local assembly. Somebody please hear me. And that's what's important. You have got to recognize that God wants innovations from you. Witty inventions today is called innovation. Ingenious. God has powers that he wants to release into your life when you are proficient enough to not serve his body amateurishly. See, God's not looking for amateurs. Amateurs, God puts under novice training, either novice or either apprenticeship or either just entry level or beginner training. But God wants to get rid of the amateurishness in his body. I want you to write that down. He said, I'm tired of this amateurishness masquerading as expertise. Oh, isn't this good? Is this good? Is it good? Prophet. Is it helping? Are they flowing with me? Because you know I need them to flow with me. (laughs) You all have got to stop being comfortable being amateurs. And the body of Christ needs to stop chasing amateurs for crumbs. These miracle workers are not amateurs. They are literal superior, highly developed people that God has attached to his own miraculous force because it's never by yourself. It's always by the Holy Ghost or whom the Holy Ghost assigns. I sit down sometimes, well, I know it. I know that God does everything by dispatching a spirit to see to it that you succeed. I can say that emphatically, everything. And I mean everything. He dispatches a spirit to, for you to succeed, all right? He has to because in the flesh dwells no good thing. So if you don't earn the right for God to dispatch a spirit to strengthen your peak performance, because they don't come just because you start. You know, you'll get, you'll get to help you learn, a little bit of enlightenment. You'll get some illumination and all of those kinds of things. But when God wants you to achieve, he is only going to dispatch a spirit to give you the success at the level in which you peak, your, your talents, your skills, your education, etc. cetera, peak. Does that, do you understand what I'm saying to you out there? So a lot of you, uh, you know, you're so excited that somebody can give a word and say it's God, you have no way of knowing if it's God or not. You can't even filter or verify. And you don't find out two years later that you, that you God's not going to replace that car he told you to give away. Oh, hallelujah. He's not going to save that house from um, foreclosure that you actually spent the money for something else. God will just have to replace it because we've given you a wrong picture of God. We've given you a really, really false picture of God. God is wise. Now, if he's wise, you need to understand that God's going to operate on wisdom all the time. God is righteous, so he's not going to do wrong. I don't care what you say. If God wants you to do something like that, trust me, he will stage it so you have no choice but to do what he wants. And if you listen to him, he'll tell you, not now. Okay, here. Not there, but here. And and it can go on, but God is righteous. God is also integrous. God is 
a winner. He's not going to run with losers. He will protect losers. He'll keep them on the side of the road. He will do that. Remember, David had a whole army, and he had a group of them that just weren't going to win. They, they, they weren't going to help him win the war. So God said, well, that's all right. And the people wanted to get him. But David said, no, no, let him stay here with the stuff. Some of you all, you're good stuff carers. You're going to take care of the stuff. That's fine. But when God wants to win, God's going to go with what's going to make him look good. And we have missed that. We have missed that in the church. We have bought into the, well, he, the Lord doesn't mind. Yes, he does. He hates, bad, he hates bad music. He hates it. He created music. Now, I don't think that Satan's people are the only ones who come up with good music. And they guard that, their industry. We don't even guard ours. We just let anybody go out there and say, well, this is it, singing anything they want to sing, any old thing they want to sing, taking it from the world, nothing new, won't sit with God to get anything. But God hates bad music and he hates unholy music. He is, he's it. That's why he gave certain people pitch that's so perfect that only heaven can find out what's wrong with it. He doesn't like sloppy environments. Some of you pastors, your churches are so nasty, you keep wondering why God won't move. Y'all need to clean up the church, scrub the floor, get the dirt out, etc. because God is, he, he may not say that, because to God, holiness comes with cleanliness. And cleanliness, it reflects holiness. He doesn't like it. He really doesn't. Some of you all, you go to those little nasty churches and don't even want to sit on the seats, don't want to bring anybody, and then wonder why God won't move. Some of these people, churches look like their bedrooms when they were kids. Maybe even now, because that's a thought. He likes it. God loves, he loves worship, but he needs unity. And so you can fuss about all of your anointing, all that you have, my anointing to prophesy. With prophesying to three people in 60 chairs, that's not really a big win. But maybe God would, would, would enlarge your, your sphere if you would deliver something for him. Remember, your gift ought not to just make room for you. Your gift ought to seize the job. Because he said, you see, you see someone who excels in their work, they will not stand before unknown folk. They will stand before kings. Which means kings got sense enough to know, I don't want mediocre. Think about Nebuchadnezzar and Daniel, Shad, uh, with, uh, what, Daniel Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Think about it. They went through three years of training because their king deserved best. And the king let them know, if you don't bring me the best, I'm taking you out. So they went to, for the best. I, I, I promise you, you know, I still thank God for Prophet Adia's words last week where, where she said, you know, people are too okay with letting God down. Well, I want to add to that, you're too okay with giving God trash. That's those Malachi priests. They brought them for, they saved all of their good livestock for the, for the marketplace. All, everything good they had, they saved for the marketplace. And when it came time to bring sacrifices to God, they brought the maim, the deformed, the one-eyed this, the ear gone that, the toe of that. And because in their mind, the, the marketplace was more deserving of the best than God because they could see an immediate return on that sale. But they didn't want to wait for God's harvest. And some of us, you, 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 you're giving your best to the marketplace. And when it comes to God, you got the one eye, the blind eye, the leg tore off, the, 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 the body's wrong, the can't, can't conceive, can't reproduce, 
all of that, and you bring that to God and say, Lord, this is the best I can do. And you say it in a way that says, because, Lord, you know I've got to give my best to the marketplace because that's where I earn my living. Hallelujah. Am I cutting up today or what? How am I doing? I'm just telling you, I'm, I'm, I'm going where Jesus is going. Because you, and then you want God to do it. So when your business has a downturn, you want to go to the same God that you gave sloppy, trashy, deformed offerings to and ask him to save your business and to rescue it. He's not going to do it. God is not going to rescue what you made an idol over him. Because God lives to kill idols. He slaughters them. That's what he does. You know, I am the Lord your God, and thou shalt have no other God before me. I don't want to hear about that Old Testament, New Testament, or whatever, because I'm here to tell you that I don't care what testament, God is not going to play second second place to his creaturehood. He's not going to protect the creature you worship over himself as the creator. That's not going to happen. Now, if he feels you don't, you don't know any better, he said, I'll deliver you once, maybe twice. But by the time we get to the third time, I'm going to realize that you're conning me. And I'm not going to move for you. But see, you don't know this about God because you're listening to excerpts from the Bible. You're listening to preachers picking out all the little happy statements and, and, and stringing them together to show you how good God is. God is good whether, he, whether you live or die. God, has a, God is good because he's good. God is God because he's God, and whatever happens in his creation does not affect that, which is why what he means when he said, I am holy. I am holy, complete. I'm so whole. I'm so tight. I'm so full. I'm so compacted. I'm so comprehensive that nothing can penetrate me to deteriorate me. So you can't even get into God. You can't give him an infection. You can't give him a headache. You can't, because he's too tight. He's complete. And his shields are so complete that all you can do is bump up against them and be punished for treating him wrong. You have a gift, yes. But then if your gift never moves into ingenuity, into innovation, into capability or proficiency, it will never be profitable. The people who make money just preaching are the people who have been ordained to do so because there are more people who are not getting much of anything for preaching the gospel than there are those who are getting something for it. Now, I'm, And I'm saying that, saying gimmickry and manipulation aside. Prophet, it's your turn. You want to come to the left, to the right, to the north, to the south? I decided to have fun today. I woke up today feeling really great, knowing that it was Thursday, and so I decided to have fun. Well, that's fun. <laughs> Having fun is fun. I'm coming closer. Come closer. I'm coming to Move it. Get yeah. into the range. Get into the zone. So you might be bright today. I am. I think that's why I'm so much fun. That's all right. Yeah. We're going to keep our bright colors. I'm sparkling. And break out the big notebook. Oh, you went and look at you. Took notes like you were in class. I am in class. Yes, this is true. Class is always in session. Okay, you said some powerful statements today. Um, well, let's start at the end here. God is not going to rescue what you made an idol over him. Yeah, that's not Do you think? Do I? Okay. No, no, don't fight away, though. No, well, I'm going to turn it. Check. Yeah, okay. Do you think? <laughs> <laughs> this is why so much of the church is in trouble because 
our doctrine, well, not your doctrine, no, mine is the prevailing evangelical or charismatic doctrine, whatever, tells you family is the most important thing. Uh, you know, career or whatever is the most important thing. And then people are in trouble because they really have idolized. It. You worship, I mean, anything that controls you, anything that you throw everything away for is your God. Mm-hmm. Period. Period. Well, I think that they're in trouble because of that. But what I do know, and I think that's important, is that God, we have ignored the Holy Spirit. We've ignored the Holy Ghost. We only remember him when we want some singing, yes. warm fuzzy, you know, when feel good. Look for that. Yeah, but pray. And don't forget healing. No, no, no. We need okay. him for healing. So we do need him for divine intervention when life is in crisis. But what we don't realize is that the Holy Spirit is God and God watching over his own word. So the Holy Spirit is very defensive of God because he is God. The Holy Spirit is, is not going to change what is written because God has already installed in the world what he wants them to know about him, how he wants them to serve him, and the priorities that he ordained for human life. So God didn't ordain family first. I'm going to say this because I'm telling you, I know a lot of y'all be getting mad at y'all, right? find it in the Bible. Because I'm going to read a piece of scripture. I've got a piece of scripture. She has a piece of scripture. I've got a piece of scripture. Guess what I've got? A piece of scripture. Let me find. Can't you hear the sword coming out of her sheet? Ooh! <laughs> piece of scripture. i got a piece of scripture. And I love it when I got the word. Because true agents and representatives do not make up their own story. Glory. So, Matthew 19. But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, um, with men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Then answered Peter, verse 27, hear this, then answered Peter and said unto him, behold, we have forsaken all and follow thee. What shall we have therefore? And Jesus said unto them, verily I say to you, that ye which have followed me, in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit on the throne of his glory, ye also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And every one that hath forsaken, come on, are you ready? Come on, you better follow me. Okay. Forsaken houses, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or land, for my name's sake, shall receive a hundredfold, and shall inherit eternal life. But many that are first shall be last, and the last shall be first. Now, I, wrote, I, I read that in Bible. I'm telling you, that's in the Bible. And, you, and it didn't just put it there this morning. They put it, no, because no, it's not what it is. This is one of my, wait a minute, I don't even know how old this is, man. This thing is so old, and it's got pictures and everything in it. But I'm telling you, listen, it says the, uh, um, the World Syndicate Publishing Company, Cleveland, they're probably not even around any longer. <laughs> and mm, can you see some dates? Let me see. It's old. This is old. So I just want you to understand. Now, I know a lot of you all say that the Bible, that, you know, the old versions don't work. I don't know. Sin is old. Sin is old. Lying, old. Infidelity, immorality, old. Injustice, unrighteousness, 
old. Maybe the book you're looking at is old, but subject matter, the scriptures, they're very relevant. They're timeless. People still killing each other. They're still they're still committing adultery. They're still cheating and robbing their neighbors. They're still lying. They're still bearing false witness. They're still, um, you know, um, coveting their neighbor's goods. They're still abusing mom and dad. So where is the old piece? Because I'm trying to figure out where's the old. So having said that, I read it. Did you hear me, Facebook? Did you hear me? Periscope. I read it. He listed everything you're supposed to leave for his namesake. Everything. Got a long list. Luke has a piece of that. This is, this is in here more than once. And you know why he said that? Because all of those people are as clay as you are. They're as flawed as you are. They're as faulty as you are. And the only thing you have in common is either blood or a certificate. Is that right? And if that's all you have in common, guess what? That's not enough because all of that goes back to the dust. God has never ordained a wife to be the God of her husband, but he also never ordained a husband to make his wife his God. Never had. Never had made the children that. Now, there are people who, I don't care what you say, there are a lot of hyper-emotional Christians who don't have anything but their own self-serving purpose. And that's what I hear. Okay, so this is a self-serving thing. But you cannot stand in the pulpit. I know that they do. But I'm telling you by the Holy Ghost and the written word of God that there has never been a word in Scripture to support family first. Not one. Want to go on? Did you want to sit down? I got another prophet gun slicked in the door. Come on. Christ, you got some cows dying today. I did. Sacred cows. And there it is. Sacred cows dying today. Be dead. There's no biblical precedent for it. Be dead. There's no biblical precedent for it. So you cannot preach the Bible and pick and choose what you like and you don't like. Because to the people who are listening, they don't know what will get them to hell and what will take them to heaven. See, they don't have your judgment call. Mm. Come on. Okay. For the down session. Yes. Uh, <laughs> this whole piece that you talked about, take a miracle and turn it into an enterprise. Did they like that? Yeah. Did you all like that? Come on, encourage my heart. I know that you said that this is practical and functional, but I had already written <laughs> the technology of miracles and healing. That's it. Because you're really breaking down technologically and technically, what we're supposed to do with miracles past the moment. I mean, when you were talking about, okay, let's just say you didn't use this as an example, but we always start and kind of end with growing limbs and replacing mm-hmm. whatever. Thinking about the whole industry of prosthetics. Exactly. And how taking that miracle of growing something back into the whole sphere of science and technology Ingenuity and innovation. And now the way they can hook them up Mm -hmm. to your mind and brain and you can think and have reflexes Mm -hmm. and movement is wild to me. I mean, that is, and you said that's the point, um, how God heals through wisdom, witty inventions have a purpose, and how how you said that healing supernaturally is one by one. Mm -hmm. But God is always thinking about getting things to the masses. Always. To the masses, you said, I guess Jesus left a few people out of himself because there was no Walmart. There was no McDonald's. We're not, not going to have, okay, guys, nobody go anywhere. We're going to have 
5,000 pizzas delivered. No catering. <laughs> Nobody brought no food. Catering, it was no whatever. So he had to do it himself. Mm-hmm. And now we do it ourselves through our ideas, mm-hmm. our inventions, and our creations. And the institutions. You know, well, I mean, everywhere you go in, in the world, just about there's a McDonald's. I'm going to tell you, you can find them golden arches a whole lot of places. Yes, you can. And in I many tell countries. you, and when you're in countries that you don't understand the, the, can, the food and the recipes, baby, take me to the golden arches. Yes. You know, we can all agree yes. on that. All of a sudden, yes. the fat, the preservatives, none of that matters. It no. is food. Yes. And they have enough to feed anybody that comes by. Mm-hmm. And so it is so important that we get that, that the, 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 tech, the miracle. If we don't, you realize how many people who are wealthy will tell you, we, I don't need a miracle, I'm wealthy, I can pay for any doctor I want, I'm in good health, on and on and on. And what is their wealth doing? Their wealth is innovating solutions for humanity. Yes. And they, do, oh, yeah. and they have to be ready to go to the next level and go to the next idea because that has to happen. And so, uh, as Christians, we're too busy saying, thinking God is jealous and envious. Mm-hmm. Oh, if they learn how to fix ears, oh, poor job. Oh, poor God. He's going to be out of a job. He's going to be out of a job, and people are not going to like him. Uh-uh, trust me. God started us at his lowest primitive point. He said, you have made Jesus a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death. God started us so low beneath his his innovation so low beneath his technology that it'll take us 45 million more years to catch up with him. Yeah. <laughs> we're still trying to catch up with what he did in the Bible, though. I mean, I think that that whole thing of the Bible is just outdated and whatever is our excuse to, in our deflection, to mm-hmm. hope that people don't recognize we still haven't mastered 25%. Mm-mm. Of what was done no. in scripture. No, 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 no. As much as we talk about they didn't have our technology, but no, no, they did it without our technology. Our technology. Mm-hmm. And that's the piece that that people are stuck with. Huh. They did it without technology because God does everything by His word. So I'm thinking God's word must have a whole lot of these little uh, micro, mini, 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 mini boxes that just go to work and do what He wants. The All nano, the, the nano No, less than the nano. Oh, you know, whatever is less than the nano, we'll find something. Trust me. <laughs> and so, yeah. because we haven't done that, let's talk about, let's talk about um, space. Mm-hmm. Want to talk about space? Let's talk about space. So God comes to the planet in a spaceship of people, of beings. Let's talk about that. Okay? He comes, Isaiah goes out in the chariot of fire. They call it fire because they can't, they can't talk about combustion and fusion and all of those kinds of things. You know, at, at that time, nobody knew there was an atom, let alone a atomic column. Yeah. But we haven't, you know, just go. Angels show up with nothing. They don't say, oh, I got a word from the Lord, but just, just hold on. I got to get my space off with this helmet on. It's just stuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you first taught us, and Prophet Adia, well, she's been around as long as I have, about Elijah being taken up. <laughs> I want you to know this was a Friday night. Let's just talk, right? When we were in the hotel back in the day, and she broke that down. Well, and it was your your hot button. Well, of course, we all know. Spaceship <laughs> came and took him away. Which we're like, wait, what? <laughs> what did she just? Okay. Say that he wrote out on a piece of technology that we say, well, we still question if it even is possible. Mm-hmm. Well, but think about the horses. It's a, it's a chariot of fire. Everybody was flaming. And this man goes through this flame, 
gets on the chariot, and they just go and break through time and space to take him there. Now, we know they took him to heaven. Why do we know? Do you want to know? I want to know. How do we know we took him to heaven? Because when Jesus is about to be crucified, guess who shows up? Right. Moses and Elijah. So we know he bypassed death. Death couldn't touch him. Moses was resurrected, but, 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 come on. And so, and he, and God let him know, no, we have the technology. And he didn't put, put that in there just for them. He wanted us to know today that there is a space technology that God is going to give people a breakthrough in. Sugar pie, Jesus. Yeah, Uber, Uber is talking, <laughs> Uber is talking to NASA about collaborating on a flying taxi. Well, first of all, can we, can we stop the taxis from crashing here? <laughs> but, you know, there's a better day. You know, there's a better day coming. You know, because, you know, you, I mean, you know, I think that we're going to find those kinds of things. But that was a miracle then. You know, yes. the living creatures were a miracle then. That means God said, I got creations that, that, that I got creatures that don't even, you all don't touch in power or perfection because they have no blood and they have no blood. So they have no death because death comes from the ground and the ground puts its death in the blood to make sure it circulates in the form of minerals and vitamins and all those things. So he said, they don't live by blood. They don't have to be plugged in. They don't have to be plugged in. We're going to be plugging in forever, but let me tell you something. They don't have to be plugged in. What would we do they, if we plug in our phones? Who would I do for that? Oh, my yeah. God. Well, they're working on that. That should be good. But there still is a, a run-out thing. Everything is going to run out. Yeah, and so yeah. I'm excited about being able to say, you know what? We don't know our God. We're teaching all of this crazy stuff. You think you look at all of those little Marvel shows and, and, and movies, and you think they got it going on. Are you kidding? They're still operating on what's doomed. Did you ever notice that most of them are in the dark? Yeah. They're always in the dark. Yeah. Everything's dark around them. Yeah, true. But God is light. Mm -hmm. And there is a technology that is going to be released. And God is having me give you this word so that his people don't miss out on it again. again. How about you? Are you? Did you have some more? Did you want to get, you want I always more? have more, so go on. <laughs> right, well, we could be here for two hours, okay? I mean, I had things, but I, I, I want to go back to what you were just speaking on because I think one of the most valuable things that I have learned while being here and being under your tutelage is that we are in God's history, that God is eons ahead of us. You know, we're in God's yeah. past, y'all. We're living in we're living in yesterday for Jesus. He's like, I'm, I'm done. We <laughs> waiting for y'all. No, I'm this, million the universe is this, you know, <laughs> and this is something that we just have to walk out, and we're so pedestrian. You know, I think we have to remember that how pedestrian we are. Um, I love how you um, just every time bring us into God's mind and God's mm -hmm. world. Um, that is the power of this program. You know, understanding what God thinks. I loved how you talked about today. God loves good music. Why wouldn't he love good music? He made music, you know. And I think it is, I mean, it's kind of a tragedy that we have allowed such mediocrity in our churches, um, mediocrity of service, mediocre service, mediocre talents, mediocre gifts, and mediocre presentations mm -hmm. to God. And I think it's because we really have forgotten who he is. What I love about this program is that you're always going to remind us this is who God is because he's so real to you. Prophet Tal and I were talking about that the other day, just he's so real to you. And that was one of the things that really struck <laughs> me when I first met you. You know, you, you almost feel ashamed to say that as a Christian, that for <laughs> yeah. somebody that when you meet someone and God she was talking about last night at Wednesday Warriors, that when you meet someone where God is really real to them, that you're like, and it's weird to you, you're like, you're like, I mean, she's talking about God like he's, and then you have to talk to yourself and be like, 
And then you think to yourself, what have I been talking about that? Like he is like he ain't real to me. But when you meet yeah. someone like you and you speak with speak about him in such a literal sense about what he really thinks, what he really feels, and it's it's so um practical and not in the and not in kind of this ethereal way that we kind of make up stories mm-hmm. about him and we make up personality traits and then when you bring us back and you're like, No, this is not what God thinks at all, it, it really does blow your mind. So I, I think today was really powerful in that way. <laughs> well, you know, I tell you the truth, God himself wants to be real to us. Because he's unreal, we, we do his thinking for him, okay? He, yeah, he really yeah. hates that. You know, we, and he hates the phrase, if I was I God, hates that. That's not one of his favorite phrases. But the reason being that if God's not real, then you will always, always offend him, and you'll always insult him, and you'll always dismiss him. And so, because, and, and he has to help you with that reality. God has to make you come into his reality. Because in, in our world, our reality is God's the alien. God's the outsider. He's that guy we're going to meet. He's grandpa that we're going to meet when we die. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. But he's not the creator and maker of all things, and he's not um, experiential. You know, we talk about the human experience all the time. But God said, I'm going to teach you my experience with humanity. Mm-hmm. And so I live in God's experience with humanity. After I learned this Bible backwards and forward, because you had to know, because, yes. you know, see, God has to start with you understanding his language so that you would get his consciousness. Without his consciousness, you will not have his mind. If you don't have his mind, you'll miss everything or misrepresent it or misuse it. Mm-hmm. Did you get something else? Uh, I mean, I have many things you talked about um, earlier. I loved this. Okay, the guardians, the verifiers, the corroborators must be in place for God to move. I think that was really powerful. Um, we have so personalized him, mm-hmm. so I don't think we think about God's systems no, quite yeah. enough. Yeah. You know, and the fact that because we're unaccountable, we think that God's unaccountable because we're irresponsible. Um, because we don't have systems, we don't have I don't care. We don't have qualifications anymore. You know, everything is so individualized, and what we personally feel, we we tack our recklessness on Him. Mm-hmm. You know, we are willing to be reckless with our responsibility and how we do things because we have so divorced ourselves from the origins. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is what I love about organic Christianity, and we're teaching that class yeah. right now at Christ U, and we're talking about that. We've so divorced ourselves from our origins. And so I think because of that, we tack that on God. Mm-hmm. And I loved how you talked about that today. Like, no, God's going to move by his systems. He has to have those guardians in place to make sure, what are you going to do with my miracles? Mm-hmm. What are you going to do with my resources? Um, again, if we know these things, <laughs> I think we can stop coming to God with our nonsense. We have to learn to come <laughs> to him in the no, right way. way. Yeah. Okay, don't you know what? He's not giving them, and it's just we don't know how to address them. We don't know how to really come to him. We don't know really how to even invoke his power, and that's what I love about this teaching. But I thought mm-hmm. it was really powerful today. Well, it's interesting um, that you point, bring out that point. The one thing God kept telling me is that I need them to stop approaching me as if I'm a lone ranger or a sole proprietor. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm an empire. And you don't run up on an empire any old kind of way. And they have enormous systems and agents and agencies in place to handle the, the routine needs and matters of their realm. And God likewise has it. That's why you see angels showing up. You know, angels showed up. God, Jesus didn't show up, but once it's like that in the Old Testament, he showed up to Abraham. You know, now he showed up to Moses in the burning bush, and then he showed up again after Israel got there, and all Moses got was the back part. Yeah. 
okay? But, G, but, but to come out, to break the time and space continuum and to appear, he shows up to Abraham with two angels. And he sits down and he chats with Abraham, and he says it because he knows he's instituting something new in the earth. God will always show up when he's instituting something new in the earth. That's how he does. He will personally handle those institutions. But once it's in place, he then gives it over to his, to his, his um, agents. Melchizedek, the priest of, of the Most High God, that's eternity's priest. So Melchizedek showed up. And representing God for Abraham's communion, and on we can go. These are classes that we cover, and these are discussions that we have in our classes. But the point that I want to make is you need to stop thinking that God, who has nothing else to do but to show up for you. No, he has systems. He gave everybody a pair of angels. We got a pair of angels that just do and take care of us. We also probably have a pair of devils, too. <laughs> but that's probably, we got to work with the good and bad, you know, the dark and the light. And so, but we have a pair of angels that start, you know, we have the, the angels that he said that Hebrews 1, 14, he said, but, but are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister, the heirs of salvation, angels all over the place. He said he has an innumerable company of angels and forces to take care of it. Why is it that you think that Jesus has to get up off the throne and handle your matter? What makes it that complicated? It's not cosmic. I that. You know, your matter is hardly community. <laughs> and so he needs to come and disrupt everything because you realize that Jesus is the king. And when he comes, it's like when any other high official and high power comes from heaven all the way down, they get to scrambling yes. and they got to move. They got to prepare for him, yes. get ready. He's on his way. We heard him, you know. And, and, and I, I, I watched that. I said, hmm. I watched that in a vision. God just showed me. And they're, like, he's getting ready to appear again. So they're all doing these things in the spirit realm. First of all, the glory was so pretty. I was like, ooh. And this was in his, he has his own little, little pad that he, he was not little, but he has his own pad that he pops in on. And so they're, they're clearing out his face because he's coming. This is the Jesus landing point. And I said, oh, okay. Yeah, and it's really gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous, and it's full of glory. And they're all waiting, so they're getting ready. So this whole, we, we don't think of God as real because in our mind, all of these are stories. When we watched that little video the other night, the woman that talked about the Bible, well, no, none of this is real. I thought it was really hilarious when she said, when she said none of the Bible figures are real. I'm thinking you are like under 50. You don't know nothing. I'm pretty sure she might be under 30 almost. I would have said it, but I was trying to be nice. Pretty, pretty close to it. I'm like, and you're looking like a bratty little female feminist trying to make your way in the world mm-hmm. and talk about it. So when she said that, and she said, so the guy named all of these things, and, and he said, so is Moses real? No, Moses is not real. I said, but if Moses is not real, then Israel's not real. She said, David, no, David's not real. If David's not, if David's not real, then Israel's not real. Because all of those, Israel started with Moses. But Jesus was real. But well, only because she didn't want to get laid out. And so I thought about that. I said, well, if Moses, well, uh, you know, and he lifted down. I'm like, if, if, if listening to these people, I'm saying, but you don't understand that you are not just erasing a literary character. Mm-hmm. You're erasing the prototype, the origin of everything that these people are standing on. Because if Moses wasn't real, then we don't have the Ten Commandments. Okay, so if we don't have the Ten Commandments, what was Israel doing? And where did they come from? You know? Right. All right? You remember? I, I mean, think about it. We don't, and we allow that. We allow them to say that. We allow them to keep telling us because 
in their mind, they've already convinced us it's unreal. So all, all they have to do now is just pull out the memory. Let's just pluck it out. Let's just take it out. We've got to do better, saints. Don't we? We have to. We have got to do better. What do we got going on here? Because I know Father did. We probably got to give you some time to do something. I'm going to get ready to do it now. Okay. So she's going to do that. You're she's, always running off. She's, oh, no. Don't do so she's going to do the announcements. We're getting ready to leave you Facebook and Periscope. Let's walk down the hall. We're going to go all the way down the hall, hall to Block Talk Radio. And the number is 319-527-6218. You know, I said that old number for so many years. Uh-huh. And I have to, like, you have to like it. And keep me setting it. <laughs> so we're going to do it again, 319-527-6218. Call me. Listen, call because we have some questions, some answers. I would love to hear some of your thoughts on what we talked about today. Press number one. Don't forget to hit that button. Yeah, what number is that? Press, hold on. East one. That button, right? Here. Number one. East many. Yeah. <laughs> we got to press that number one. So we have to, I want to talk to you today. Do not decide, well, she's not going to talk. That is so not true. I want to talk to you, but I want to hear what you have to say about miracles and, and our teaching on miracles and some of the other stuff. So have a great afternoon. Enjoy your lunch, and we're going to Prophet Adia right now. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. We want to thank you so much for tuning into the Paula Price Show this afternoon. You are listening to the one and only podcast that comes on Thursdays, Thursdays, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. We are the Paula Price Show. This is how you can find us online. We're online at blogtalkradio.com slash Paula Price Show. Again, blogtalkradio.com slash Paula Price Show. That's where you can find us online. We encourage you RSS feed to the blogtalkradio.com website so that you'll never miss a beat. You'll receive an you'll receive an email every time the show is about to go live. So save us, save us in your favorites. Make us your Thursday radio broadcast. Again, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on Thursdays, the one and only Paula Price Show. If you are an iTunes user, we encourage you, download your podcast app and subscribe. Subscribe to the Paula Price Show via your podcast. That way you can take the Paula Price Show anywhere. It can be mobile with you. You'll be able to listen to the archived episodes. Episodes uh, are usually posted through your podcast app within a few hours of every live broadcast. So don't miss out on this. Download the podcast app to your iPhone, to your Apple device, and subscribe to the Paula Price Show. For our Droid users, download the app called CastBox. Download CastBox and listen to the broadcast every week. You can keep us in your archive library. So, again, if you're an Apple user, we encourage you to download the podcast app. If you're a Droid user, download CastBox and subscribe to the Paula Price Show. All right, just a few announcements for you all, and then we want to go ahead and we want to get to your calls today. Next week, I cannot believe it, but it's already here next week. The Apostleship Summit is happening. We kick off on Wednesday night, November 15th, for the Dig. Dignitaries Dinner right here in Tulsa and Broken Arrow, actually, for the Dignitaries Dinner, 7 o'clock p.m. on Wednesday. If you need to register for the Dignitaries Dinner, you need to do so right away. Don't miss out on this. Go online, drpaulaaprice.com, click register. We are going to open up for more Dignitaries Dinner registration, so visit us online so you can register for the Dignitaries Dinner. You can also register for the shuttle, but we need to get your registrations in right away, so don't delay, drpaulaaprice.com. To register for the Entire event, you can visit us there as well and click general registration. If you're coming with a group of five or more, 
or a group of 10 or more, then you can choose your group registration. We also have registration options for our NEAR members. We have registration op options for those of you who were with us last year. There's a special returning rate. We also have options for those who are a part of our school and our school program. So check us out online, drpaulaprice.com, click events, and get yourself registered for the November Apostleship Summit. Dr. Keith Johnson will be with us. Dr. Edgar Gonzalez will be with us. Dr. Nishan Walker, Dr. Tony Mason, and of course, our very own Dr. Paula A. Price. So don't miss out on this November 15th through the 18th. Register online at drpaulaprice.com. If you haven't liked Dr. Price on Facebook yet, what are you waiting for? Visit her there, facebook.com slash drpaulaprice, and follow her and like her page on Facebook. That way you'll be able to get all of her live broadcasts every time she's going live. You'll also be able to enjoy quotes and empowerment messages from the different messages that she has preached, that she has taught, and you'll be always be able to be in the know with what is going on in Paula Price world. So visit her on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dr. Paula Price, and click like and follow her there. Big, big shout out to our Twitter fam. Twitter, we love you. All of our tweeters and those who share the broadcast on Periscope and share your, share your quotes with your Twitter followers. We thank you so much for your support. Dr. Price is on Twitter. You can follow her handle there at, at Dr. Paula Price. Again, her handle on Twitter is at Dr. Paula Price. You can send her a message at both places, Facebook and Twitter. So if you've got something to say, you can send her a message there. And last but certainly not least, big shout out to our Periscope family and those who are even transferring right now into the call from Periscope. We thank you so much for all that you do to spread the word. So choose your favorite quote from today, hashtag Dr. Paula Price, and let people know that you were tuning in to the Paula Price Show this afternoon. Again, if you want to speak to Dr. Price here in this second hour, we just need you to press number one, press number one right now so we can go ahead and get to your calls. All right, Prophet Ashley, back to you. All right, thank you, Prophet Adia. We'll be right back after these messages. November 15th through the 18th, you don't want to miss it. The 2017 New Era Apostleship Summit, hosted by none other than Chief Apostle Dr. Paula A. Price. The summit will feature some of the most dynamic speakers and teachers in the body of Christ. You need to be here. It starts Wednesday, November 15, 2017 at 7 p.m. And it ends Sunday, November 19, 2017 at 2 p.m. Location, Crown Plaza, Tulsa, Southern Hills, 7902 South Lewis Avenue, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74136. Be there and experience the new era. Register today at www.drpaulaaprice.com. It is our pleasure to introduce you to Price University, a post-secondary school of specialized education that specializes in master's and doctoral academic programs for the kingdom of God. Price University is unique because its vision expands the traditional Christian ministry education to include quality instruction of apostles, prophets, kingdom professionals, ecclesial, and entrepreneurs. Consequently, we make Christian ministry studies practical, effective, and powerful to profit our students beyond the classroom in their everyday world. Our four-point vision is credible apostolic and prophetic education, manifestation of the Lord's eternal kingdom in the now, and the Ecclesia's dominance in human affairs and all nations in Christ and under God. Find out your place 
in Price University by visiting www.priceuniversity.org or call us today to schedule a consultation at 877-419-1299. Price University. Learn today. Lead tomorrow. Did you know PPM Global Resources offers prophetic advisements? Talk to our certified prophetic team of ordained prophets, apostles, and professional advisors and get the wisdom you need now. There's no monthly commitment required for a single session, and current students may now add on to your existing services. Choose your advisor, choose your time, then purchase your session. Book online at www.ppmglobalresources.com and click on the Advisements tab to begin your journey of prophetic advisements. Hi, my name is Chief Prophet Tala Price, and I want to invite you to join me every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time for a riveting and exciting discussion of my favorite book by my favorite author. Yes, Before the Garden, God's Eternal Continuum, written by the one and only Dr. Paula Price. Join us on our weekly journey of studying the history of eternity as it's been revealed through Scripture. Learn your God, learn your world, learn yourself, and even your Savior before time began. We're going to discuss revelationary answers to age-old questions like, how did we get here? Why does our planet exist? Does it have a creator? What was on his mind concerning us? And why did he bring Christ and Christianity into our world? Topics like these and more we'll be discussing every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. You can join us on Facebook Live or by Periscope. For more information, visit www.tallaprice.com. That's www.tallaprice.com. New Era Apostleship Restitution, or NEAR, is a kingdom collaborative founded by Dr. Paula Price that unites God's New Era ministries, visions and ventures, businesses and professionals in powerful, productive, and profitable ways that are mutually beneficial to all involved. Based on your level of membership, joining NEAR will give you access to assessment-based coaching and mentorship, personal ministry training and education, ministry credentialing and accreditation, spiritual covering and intervention, vision and ministry development, business and professional development, and more. Visit www.joinnear.com for membership and benefits information. That's www.joinnear.com. All right, we are back for the second portion of today's Paula Price Show, taking it to you on the line to see what your prayer requests, comments, or feedback are for Dr. Paula Price. Dr. Price, are you ready for your people? We can't hear you if you're talking. I think we might be having a tech issue here. Okay, well, while she is um, getting back on the line here, 
Just remember, as our announcement said, to go to www.drpaulaabrams.com. Hello. I found my buttons. Excellent. I found all of my buttons. You know, we have a new phone, so actually I'm still trying to find out where everything goes. Yeah, it's kind of like getting a new car. Technically, the parts are mostly the same, but where are they? I know, I know. So I'm try- I'm still trying to set up stuff. All right. All right. I think I think I'm in the right place. I, I, my, my soul says I'm in the right place. Excellent. We need you to be in the right place. We need you to be in the right place. Okay, so now I'm all set. I'm good to go. I'm ready to get started. I just want to say again to everybody, discipling apostolic Christians, you know, all of the information that you heard us discuss, what I shared, and what my prophets discussed comes from being converted to becoming apostolic Christians. And you know why? Because the apostle and the prophet are the offering mantles of Scripture. And all Christians begin their Christianity apostolically, as apostolic Christians. And I want to say that because now we need to know what is the future of this thing? Where is God going with this? What is he going to do? And who is he going to do it with? So make sure when you're done, let me encourage you again to go to my website, drpaulaaprice.com, and register for this event. Don't miss it. It will be explosive. It will be defining, and you will walk away another person, you know? God said about Saul, he changed his heart and he made it to turn him into another man. A lot of what you need, God just needs to give you a change of heart. Don't miss us. Next week kicks off Wednesday night with our dignitaries dinner and then Thursday morning we are into it and we'll go through until Saturday. I had to get that out after you. It was just on my soul, especially after that started buttons. Amen. <laughs> Great. Are you ready for your first caller? I am. Okay, first up, we have William from South Carolina. And William is calling in today because he would like prayer to move more in the apostolic clarity and direction. William from South Carolina, welcome to the Paul Price Show. Good afternoon from South Carolina. How are you doing, Paul, Dr. Price? I am doing well, sir. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing fine. You answered most of my questions when you were what, what the way you did what what you were saying in the uh, in in the segment that you gave, and 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 uh, it answered a lot of questions. But I have this thing with I have this thing with uh, that I'm, I'm in transition right now. But it, it, it like you said about church, and I'll give it to you like this, and 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 I'll just give it in the short form that the Holy Spirit gave to me. Is church is like a rerun. And and if you get if you go to church Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, and you know what the same episode is going to be played out on each weekend, and but then again there's no manifestation of God and God is sitting back, then how how can you get how how is it that you can move forward into the apostolic as far if there's no apostolic in the church but you're trying to institute it but you're being rejected of it but then again you have to leave the church because they're rejecting the apostolic. And the second, and I'll, I'll give you this, and, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, after this, I'm going to turn the mic over to you. Uh, what I heard out of you, Dr. Price, in the commentary that you gave earlier, I kept hearing the word quantum. And, and a lot of people think that's new age, but it's not. 
And it's and just like with Albert Einstein, when he came on the scene with his famous equation, E equals MC squared, people couldn't understand it because they thought that was new age and they couldn't understand it. But what I'm hearing from the Lord for you, it, 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 you're, you're quantifying the miracles of what God is saying in the institution that's already there. And so there's a higher, or shall I say, there's a higher mathematic equation in the spirit realm that a lot of church folk don't understand. So I'll turn the mic over to you, and that's it for me. <laughs> if my uh, team is listening in today, particularly my prophets, they're probably all chuckling because I got a, uh, a word on that very thing that God was talking about me being quantum. So I think that it's very interesting that you come on today and you reiterate it because obviously God is doing something. Well, I know what he's doing, but thank you for that. I really do appreciate it. And, and you're right. What we fail to do is to tap into the mathematical side of God's uh, word or God's miracles so that they become permanent in the earth. So as long as they're in the spirit realm and we don't do anything material with them, nothing material happens. But when we start digging into them for something deeper, I think that um, we, we are then moving into what I still said earlier, innovation and ingenuity. That's a big thing for God right now. So I really pray that his people pick up on those two terms when it comes to their witty inventions. Now, I would like to talk to you about the church. Um, and so the first thing I would like to say to you, and I think you already know it, you sound like a man of order, um, is that you, if you don't have the seat of authority in any organization to make change, you cannot institute the apostolic and prophetic. That's number one. And I want you to keep that in mind because as you go forward, and you're going to go very rapidly in God when I'm finished talking to you because I'm going to answer your questions. Um, as you go forward, remember, you, if you're not an authorized change agent, you can't make change because people don't accept it and they think of you as disruptive and they think of you as invasive and intrusive and not as a, 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 the next step in their particular uh, ministry or their particular calling. So the, I want you to keep that in mind because that's so important. The second thing I'd like to tell you is that it could well be that when God doesn't give people an ear to hear, then that might not be the place where he wants you to do what he's called you to do. Because when God's ready to use you, he gives people an ear to hear you. I mean, it's almost like, it's, you know, it's kind of like meeting, a, 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 you know, the person, you find out you're a, pop, a prophet, you first get saved, then when you get saved, you know, they, they will admit that you're a prophet, and then after that you get all comfortable and you want to continue giving the word of the Lord, and then all of a sudden they just shut you down, they don't want to hear it, etc. And then you go to church with them and you get, they give the same word, and, and all of a sudden the, the prophet there Get all of the accolades, and then you go into a wilderness for about five or ten years, come back out, and you come back out saying the same thing, but now they can hear you. So you have to make sure that it's your time um, because God gives people the ear to hear. Having laid those two points out, you um, to move into transition into the apostle, I've said always, I will continue to say, you can't change without a change agent. And so you, you have to find out who God has assigned to your particular uh, emergence and development as an apostle so that they can get you ready. Because credibility comes from the person who escorts you and presents you. Does, that, does this all make sense to you? You just, you just talked my whole life. 
<laughs> you did the Raiders Digest version. <laughs> you well, did the Raiders Digest version. That's confirmation right there. Yeah. So I would like to see you make sure that you are connected with whom God has assigned because there were 12 apostles. And before they were apostles, they were under, six of them were under John. The, the others were in business, and one was working for the government. And it took the, the change agent that God ordained to not only recognize them, but to also enable them to hear, to literally to birth apostleship in them, to um, uh, open up the, the, that, that particular side of their soul and spirit so that they could even receive it. And so a lot of these people, even though they're self-appointed and they do whatever, it doesn't open up that thing that, that, that releases them to God's classifications and God's classified information. Amen. Uh, I'd like to say this to you before we get off this phone. Uh, two people I want you to look up. I want you to look up uh, Stephen Hawking and Neil deGrasse Tyson. I think you're the person in the spirit realm at this time in this shift for this season because those two are astrophysicists and they know everything about quantum physics and quantum mechanics. And I think you're in that league too. <laughs> I, well, I've watched a lot of Stephen Hawking's work. I, I do like listening to him. Now, the other man I do not know, but I do when I can. I, I watch him. I think he's a, a phenomenal man. You know, and I, you know, I try to study it, but I will look them up, and I will take it to heart because I will tell you, you are not wrong, and and the things that God is doing. But you know, how much can you do on a two-hour show? Amen. Amen. <laughs> now, before, before you go, before you go, I want to pray. God, I thank you, thank you, thank you for this man. Lord, I thank you that you brought him in the planet, walked him through the life that he walked through. God, even the sorrow. I mean, God, the sorrows that he's had to go through to, eat, to get to the point that he's as strong and full today. Lord, I thank you for him. I thank you that he continues to move forward into this thing. There's a great awakening, and he has a rich awakening apostolically. But, God, he needs a unique kind of change agent to take him to that next place. And only you can provide that because only you know how he's built. So I thank you for him. I'm calling his change agent, his mentor, his coaches and tutors into manifestation. I'm setting him in a place by the spirit of the living God. I set you in a place where you will be able to be nurtured, nourished, and mentored peacefully and respectfully so that the finishing touches, because you are a man who's, who's really – there at that finishing touches, and you need to have an apprenticeship. So I'm calling an apostolic apprenticeship into manifestation for you, where you'll be assigned to the right person or set in the right place or given the right project to prove your apostleship and to, to refine what you've learned and to produce that which God has put into you. I will leave you with this call today, and that is saying awakening is not expert and you are halfway there, but God is not going to propel you until you become an expert in the thing which he told you to study and to take up. <clears throat> he needs you to become an expert, so take the time and make the press because your future is amazing. Thus says the Holy Ghost. Thank you. Thank you. Confirmation. Confirmation. Amen. God bless you. I hope we'll talk soon, and maybe while will pass, we'll cross. 
Well, thanks to Dr. Apostle James Fairbanks. He was the one that introduced me to you. <laughs> he is. Listen, he's a wonderful man of God, and, and he's been doing a great job just interceding for me to get to where I have to be. So when you talk to him again, tell him I said hi. Meanwhile, have a great day. You too. You as well. You as well. Amen. That's it, Ashley. All right, Dr. Price. Quantum. All right. That's all I have to say. Amen. Um, <laughs> next up is Joanne from Pennsylvania, and she's calling in for prayer. She wants to be rooted in God's word. Joanne from PA. Welcome to the Paul Price Show. Hello. Hi, Joanne. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Okay, so Joanne, have, what Bible study are you involved in right now? Um, I'm not really part of any Bible studies. I'm just I'm trying to do like just my own time when I'm home, like um, read the Word. Um, but a lot of times I just feel like I'm not really connected to it, or when I read it, I don't remember what I just read, and so I don't know. I just need to be more about. I need to abide in the Word of God more. No, you don't. You need to go and be trained. You need to be mm-hmm. taught the Word of God. You're clearly saying you're not a good teacher for yourself. And to be rooted in the word of God means that someone has to lay the ax to the root of why you are not getting it and then begin to um, immerse you in it and guide you through the truth. That's, that's, that's Bible. And so what I would like to see you do, I mean, because I, I, I don't have a problem praying for you to be rooted, but I can't pray for practices that don't work. And so that mm-hmm. you know that I want you know I have one philosophy about self help, and that is in ninety percent of the cases, self help will never get you where you have to go because yourself is your measurement, and yourself is your trainer, and yourself is your coach, and yourself is your tester, and on and on and on. You realize that you'll never go beyond yourself because yourself is in charge. Mm-hmm. So my suggestion to you, my beloved, is. Get in a Bible study. I don't care if you have to do it on the phone. I don't care if you have to do it in a, you know, um, a, a, a correspondence. What you need to have an outside person, outside of you, help you learn the Lord. And it needs to be someone credible, somebody that not only you respect, but somebody that Jesus can trust. But okay. so I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for you to have a Bible study. You need a Bible study. You need to get up out your house because you know you don't like to do that. <laughs> and have a Bible study or find somebody, a group that wants to come in and teach you. And by the way, just make sure they're Christian. Don't be going with Mormons and, I mean, they're kind of Christian, but don't be going with, you need to go with that which God has called you because God has a lot of camps. So make sure that okay. they are the camp God has you in. Because see, you're one of those people, you'll be having folk up there and we don't know what's going to happen. So mm-hmm. I need you to do that. You know, make sure you're in your camp and in your calling. I like it. The Bible said, let every man abide in the calling which he was called. So we're going to let you do that. But I'm not going to pray an abstract prayer or, or prayer that has no place to land. And, and okay. right now, till I get you in a Bible study, this my prayer on that rooted piece, um, no, because you need help. You need somebody to point this out to you and say, what are you reading? What does that say? What does it say to you? What does it mean? Why is it in the scripture? Why should you learn it as a Christian? See, you need that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. All right? Right. Yes? All yes. right. Mm-hmm. God, I thank you. 
<laughs> I thank you again for Joanne. I thank you, Lord, for continuing to minister to her as your daughter, keeping her under your wing, keeping her in your protection and under your watchful eye. I thank you, Lord, right now for assigning her to the Bible study or the Bible teacher. I'm going to study, God, let's be real, a Bible study that will break this, the seal on her life and give her the fullness of you and reconnect her mind with her spirit and her soul so that it all makes sense and it begins to flow throughout her body. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Thank you. You're very welcome. God bless. <laughs> all right, prophet, I'm ready. Come on. I got another one. I got another one. Hey, in- sis. So do I. Okay, we have Gina from North Carolina. Who's calling in for prayer for her business? Gina, welcome to the Paul Tice Show. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, it's awesome to hear you again, uh, Dr. Price. Um, I was so excited for Blog Talk. I called yesterday. All right, the lady said you got 24 hours. I'm like, oh man, we had a day with this. So I, I don't, I don't have a business. Um, uh, our leadership, but I believe we're supposed to have businesses to finance the kingdom of God. Um, and I've heard about, you know, his birth is in you, um, touch yourself, I don't touch myself, uh, um, birth it out. Um, and I'm like, okay, God, I need, I need specifics. Can you tell me something specifically what I'm supposed to do? Cause I've done some of everything. Um, uh, and I just, I just need clarification on that. What, what is the next step for me? The next direction I've been around this financial mountain over and over again, and I refuse to just go around another circle. I want to go to the top, to Mount Zion, I want to go to the peak. I want to go to where God has me and why he has me here to fulfill. And it takes money, you know, um, where's me money, you know. I mean, you, you, you taught on that a couple of blog talks uh, back. And um, that's, that's why I, want. I, want to, I don't want to ramble too much, but yes. All right, so the first thing I would like to say is, when they tell you to birth it out, who tells you to birth it out, and how do they uh, expect you to do it? Mm, well, it's, I usually hear it in sermons, so um, um, birth it out, or, or pray about it, um, move, or okay. do something. I'm, I'm like, okay, do what? I need a little more. I need a little more A, B, C, D to get the G. Yes. I got you. So tell me this. Are you, um, what is your business aspiration? What is it that you feel God put in you to serve his purpose and to solve his problem for his people? Um, I like talking about it. I like helping people. Um, uh, I like working with my hands. Um, that's what I. That's what I will pray about. It's like I'm at this point right here. What is it? What is it, God? Well, come tell me something. Got it. Okay, so I'm gonna take over this conversation now, right? Okay. Because Please. I don't want you to get frustrated and miss what I'm saying. So when I ask you a question, just go quickly and let's make sure we cover what needs to be covered. You said you like to help people. What do you like to help them do? Whatever, whatever's needed. Um, if they need uh, encouragement. Uh, they need something fixed, repaired. Uh, they need, well, I don't cook a lot, but any anything along those, anything that will help them specifically. Okay, so here's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing that you are pretty handy with your hands, that you like to repair things. Is that right? Yes. Yes, ma'am. Okay. 
So there's the first thing. And while you're repairing things, you like to encourage people. Is that right? Yes, ma'am. All right. So here's the deal. When you are working with your hands, what comes easiest to you? Mm. Seeing something that is not operating the way it's supposed to operate, and I see how it's supposed to operate, and then I go to it and make it operate. So is it now? That's something. Would that something be a car, a refrigerator, a piece of furniture, a broken window? Which one responds to you most often? Mm. I've done some of all of it, um, but that, but that's not what I asked you. The one, the, the, like, no. what would what would you call the easiest, and what would you call the hardest? Um, the easiest of uh, repairing a piece of furniture, or yeah. So that's like furniture and woodworking, is that right? Yes, ma'am. Yes. So you got a little bit of a repair thing going on, and then you got a little bit of a builder thing going on, is that right? Yes, ma'am. So here's what we're going to tell you. What you need to do then is that you need to figure out maybe you're one of those do-it-yourself kind of people. Maybe you're a house flipper. Maybe you're a person who can, you know, re- uh, renovate. It has to do with these, have to do with your business skills. I'm going to make a recommendation to you. My recommendation to you is this, that when this program is over today, you go to my website and hit www.drpaulaaprice.com and say, I want, a, click the button that says uh, prophetic advisement. You need a prophetic advisement. That's the first thing you need right now. You need to be able to have somebody walk you through the questions that I've just asked you to help you think, because here's what I've learned about people in your particular uh, case. Most of those people what they, what God called them to do, they do so er, uh, so easily. They dismiss it, and they overlook it, and it becomes something that they they res- do responsibly and not necessarily um, deliberately. So you need somebody to tell you because what I what I'm hearing for you and all of that is still a, me giving you the word is only the beginning. That my prophets will give you this word, but they will also help you walk it out walk through it, and then work it out so that you'll know what to do. But in the end, you will need to go to school, and you know how you don't like that, but you will need to go to school. Now, I don't care if it's just a training center, vocational center, or whatever. So the first thing that you're going to have to do to make your way work is you're going to have to, beyond this prophetic advisement, go to school, and you're going to have to work with somebody outside the church. It cannot be just Christianity that you're trying to serve. It's got to be God's kingdom and his people and all of the things that he has that he needs to get done. So my recommendation will be that the, your first step is to get that prophetic advisement. These prophets will help you do it. They will help you find your way. They'll ask you those questions and also help you dig into what God really gave you to do. Because I've learned, Gina, over the years that when people can do a lot, that means all of the things that they can do a lot of has to plug into a single project or venture, and we need to do. Mm. We need to figure out what all those a lot have to have. Okay, so that's what I want you to do. Yeah. I'm going to pray now. Are you ready? I'm yes, ready to pray. 
Father God, I thank you for Gina. I thank you for her life. I thank you for the victory that you've given her. I mean, and she's had some victories, and I thank you for vision. Now, Lord, I'm asking that you would lead her in the path of your righteousness. Job 34 says you open people's hands and seal their work in it. So, God, I'm asking now that you break the seal on what you caused her to do, and when she has that prophetic advisement, that that prophet clearly sees and clearly comprehends who she is to you, why she's in the planet, and how you have built her to prosper and thrive in this world as she serves your purposes. I bless you for doing it, Father. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. I receive you. All right. Thank God you bless so you. Thank You're you. Welcome. I'm going right now. Bye-bye. All right. <laughs> Prophet <laughs> Ashley. All right, Dr. Price. We have next up on the line. Natalie calling in from Florida, and she would like to just give you comments and to thank you for your excellent teaching. Natalie, welcome to the Paula Price Show. Hi, good afternoon, Dr. Price. Good afternoon, Natalie. Thank you for calling in today. I'm, I'm interested in hearing your comments. Yes. Okay, so <laughs> um, I was listening through you, to your broadcast, and the woman that you described and all of the things surrounding you describing that me. And I was like, oh, my goodness, from the inventions to going to school to the description to the kindergarten ministry to the becoming pregnant and quitting school and being deterred from going back to school by a a minister. It was just on point. I was like, oh, my goodness, like, what is going on, Lord? But I just wanted to call and and – I don't know, to say thank you. Well, thank you for sharing. Yes. That's important to me. That's all right. I just want to ask you a hard question. What are you going to do with all of that? Move forward because there was definitely a confirmation for for what my success should be. And what have you planned? Because I want to to, to stand with you in that. So what what do you see your next step being? Well, my prayers for the past few months were, Lord, do I go back to school? I mean, um, and then you you went on to speak about the family first uh, non-biblical teaching that I was pretty much um, believing for a while, and that's why I never pursued it. Um, but through, you know, through listening to you and going into the word and seeing that it was unbiblical, I'm like, okay, God, um, I see that I pushed what you wanted me to do for a while away, but is it, did I waste time? Did, you know, is it, is it time again? Can I still pursue that? So I believe that this is confirmation. Um, that broadcast was confirmation for me. Well, let me tell you that it's not too late. Otherwise, you wouldn't have been to hear it and you wouldn't, we wouldn't have connected. So it isn't too late. And you are not to regret raising a good family or taking care of your family, because this message is not about that. This message is that, you know, we can say family first when you got a husband working well or a wife making a good salary, but that single mom doesn't get that that privilege. That single dad doesn't get that privilege. They have to put work first to keep the family together and intact. And so my, my real motive was to show the impracticality of a doctrine that, that, that has grip the church, but it really only serves the elitist. 
It doesn't serve the people who have to go make things happen. You realize that that, that emergency driver, that ambulance driver or EMT person sitting, sitting down having family dinner on Christmas gets a call. They've got to go. So who's first? So there's an impracticality to that that I wanted to communicate to the body of Christ. I don't want you to walk away feeling guilty at one bit about your choices because you did what you did given the circumstances that you have. But now that we have better circumstances, yes, let's get you in school. Let's get you back on the books. I think you're going to be a better student. Uh, I'm sure that all of that other stuff that was in your soul as a child is gone, as a young woman is gone, and I think that you need to pursue your future, but you do need to make up your mind to finish, to finish and, to, and to move forward in your career. It is not too late, but you have to make up your mind to finish because when you postpone your future like that, particularly whatever God has given you to harvest, I'm telling you a force of, of spirits will be there in circumstances. I mean, you're going to have to make up your mind to fight this through and finish. If you do, your harvest will be there, and your ladder will be greater. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Let me pray for you. Because I'm on, I'm in your corner on this, Father. In Jesus' name, I thank you so much for Natalie. The first thing I do, God, is I'm asking you to give her the power to forget those things which are behind and to press forward to that which is ahead. Then, Lord, I'm asking that you would shed the old and and begin to give her. And I, it seems like you started it already, Lord Jesus, but to begin to give her the awareness and the, and the tools and the instincts and capacities to pursue what you've called her to do. I'm asking you to beef up her capabilities and then give her favor with the institutions that she must connect to. Give her favor with the school. Give her favor with loans and grants. And give her favor with her instructors as she goes forward. And then lastly, uh, when she finishes, then bridge the time, bridge the seasons, and put her in the place that you had for her all that all those years ago and cause her to prosper in the end of her life more than she could ever imagine. I thank you for the blessing, God. I thank you for the power. And, Lord, I thank you for giving her the guts and the grace to do it and to get it done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Dr. Price. You're very welcome. God bless you. God bless you. Have a good day. You too. Prophet Ashley, how am I doing? You're doing good. You're doing good, Dr. Price. I have a few more for you. I'm moving on. You see me? I'm moving on, girl. I'm coming in. I'm ready. All right. We have next on the line Patricia from Oklahoma. This is our Patricia, I believe. She would like prayer and funding for care for the elderly program. Patricia, welcome to the Paula Price Show. Hello, Dr. Price. How are you doing? I am doing fine, Patricia. How are you doing? I am doing fabulous. Uh, I am calling in, it's called the Advantage Care Program, and what that does, it's taking care of our elderly here in Oklahoma, uh, allows them to have people come in and, uh, you know, uh, do their dishes, do their laundry, we're on errands, some of them are on machines that need, you know, 24-hour care. And the cigarette tax was supposed to fund this program, and it didn't pass. So at the end of this month, that program is going to end. So our elderly are not going to have any help. Not only that, all the the institutions that are running this, all those people are going to lose their job. And, of course, I would lose my job. 
So uh, I would like prayer for this and also wisdom to know if I should look for another job. Uh, well, whenever you hear uh, things like that, there's nothing wrong with um, getting out ahead of the crises. But let me just pray because I'm going to ask God to step in. Now, God, I thank you for who you are. And, Lord, your word says in Ecclesiastes 5.8, I want to get it right, that higher official is above higher official and a higher official above that. So, God, I'm asking for super intervention from you as the sovereign of sovereign for you to turn this around in Jesus' name, and to give an extension, God, raise up an, an interested party and raise up capable parties who can extend this program for your elderly. Lord, nobody, nobody ever wants to destroy or take away the services to the elderly, the infirmed, or the vulnerable, but Satan. So I'm asking God that you override everything override him on this and cause there to be another agency that will pick this up. And I, and I thank you for doing it, Father, in the holy name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Amen. All right. Uh, you be, you be God blessed, bless. Dr. Price. All right. Bye. Okay. Take care. All right, Prophet Ashley, I can still get another one in, can't I? Yes, you can, and I have one for you. All right, we have Fornita from Illinois, and Fornita is calling because she needs, uh, she really said she was installed apostolically poorly and is calling for apostolic placement. So, Fornita, welcome to the Paula Price Show. Good afternoon. How you doing, Dr. Price? I am doing fine, Fornita. How are you doing today? I'm doing good because I'm able to speak to you because my prayer has been answered. I've been watching you over social media, uh, started watching you in 2011, got a little distracted with some other things and was reconnected with you this year. So I know that this is the hand and the move of God for me in this hour. Amen. Amen. So talk to me about what's on your heart. Okay. Um, it, I, it's your permission because I'm in front of your throne and you are a king. And a lot of people wouldn't understand what I'm saying, but I know you understand. And I've been taught by the Lord that you have to get permission from a king to be able to speak. So I want to know if I can lay a little bit of foundation so that you can clearly speak prophetically and accurately into this situation. Uh, absolutely. We have just about, well, we have a, ha- a handful of time. So if you can give us the short version, go at it. Okay. In 2006, um, I had what you call uh, a Damascus Road experience. I had been saved twice before then, but the Lord had visited me in the year of 2006 and told me that I had come now and do what he called me to do. I think he was going to kill me. And, well, he used the word extricate me from the earth. And those that was in close proximity in my circle and those that was in my inner circle would know that my death would have been an untimely death. And I gave, I had to give the Lord an eternal death. Dr. Price, the Lord delivered me out of homosexuality and out of a lifestyle of drugs for 22 years. Um, and 
after that, um, born in the year 2006, the Lord began to tell me, he had already revealed to me in the first stages of me being saved that I was born as a prophet out of the, con- out of the congruent womb of my mother. And then he started telling me that he had called me to be apostolically, to be an apostle. He started giving me the name of the ministry out of Jeremiah chapter 51, verse 20, the first segment, thou my battle axe. And I began to lay before the Lord, and I started crying because I didn't. I wanted to be saved, and I wanted my deliverance, but I did not want the responsibility of ministry. And I had already ran from that for two and a half decades. And so I, in giving the Lord eternal yes, I stayed before the Lord and tried to uh, convince him to give me something else to do. And he said, I have chosen you for this great uh, employment. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you to get up and be about my business. So I had a mentor for the first six years that walked with me and began to uh, impart in me about the apostleship. And while she was imparting in me, nobody, not even her, nobody told me about articles and corporations and the infrastructure of a ministry. God began to divinely download those to me as I sit before him and started writing and birthing this ministry out on on the back of a dictionary. And as I moved from a dictionary, because at that time I didn't have a desk, I was on the kitchen table just in different places, had to live in, you know, different hotels and stuff, just going through different things, had to bury my mother. And in that time, the Lord also told me that I would be an apostolic bishop. He said, because I'm calling you to leaders and you will raise up leaders. And he said, you will go to many leaders and you will talk with them and deal with them in heads of state. So in doing this, there was another Listen to me, because I don't want you to run out of time. Can we can we condense this a little bit? So because yes, we're going to run out of time, you got five minutes. Yes, ma'am. So uh, the other person came into my life, uh, been in my life for fourteen years, and they was the one that poorly ordained me. There was no court for the for for me as a bishop. There was no Carlos. There was no nothing. They left me looking like a civilian. And there has really been no true apostolic sovereign. They've just really been around me for really what they can get out of me that God downloaded me as the Lord has really shut me down because he's telling me now that the relationship is beginning to fizzle out. And it's almost about to close out. And yesterday he showed me it was like a, uh, the relationship was like a stick of dynamite. And the cord, you know, at the beginning where you like the, like the wire to light the dynamite, he was showing me that it, it had almost fizzled out to about an inch. And I'm just like stuck. I'm, I'm, I'm in a spiritual quantum because all of my sons and daughters have walked away. Uh, they said I was too hard. I fast too much. I require too much holiness. I had a spirit of pride because I walk in the spirit of excellence. You know, just you know the you know try, the, the, just the enemy hitting me, trying to make me give up. And I'm tired. Okay. I'm, I'm really tired. Okay. I'm gonna jump in because I don't want to. I don't want you to lose out. So two things I'm gonna tell you. Number one, um, <clears throat> it's, it's admirable that you recognize that you were poorly uh, put into this office. But I will say one thing, if you're calling me, I, I don't have, I got a problem with people putting apostles in position without training, without proving, without credentials, and without a real commission. That's what we do. If you're interested in more of this, I need you to go to joinneer.com and join my collaborative. And from there, we will talk with you about how to get you up to speed. It is not uncommon for you, your first round of folk to just walk away and leave Jesus did. That's not it. But if God 
if, if God told you to do all of that, then there is an order, then we need to make sure that you <clears throat> fall into that order based on what we said. Yes, if, you're, if you can get here, I have a group coming out of Illinois. If you want, you can ride with some of them and you can make it here next week. It'll be the best thing for you because you'll get to have your questions answered. You'll get some instruction and information, etc. Again, my summit starts on Wednesday. And they're, I don't know when they're driving out, but if you're interested, just go to my website and, set, and send us a, an email. They give you a thing, click us a contact, and tell us I'm interested in coming, and we will connect you with my team that's coming out of Illinois because you need a lot more than this time can give you. Yes, ma'am, I do. And I had sent you a message over the Facebook saying that was me saying that if I had the money, I would literally take a flight and just come to Tulsa and stay until you release me. Because for the last two years, the enemy has hit my health and my finances very bad. And I've been poisoned by witches, literally poisoned by witches and warlocks. And just okay. there's a lot of things I really need to talk with you on. Okay, you know what? One visit with me won't cover all of that, and we yes, don't. Need, I don't want to tell you that. But if you if you can find a registration and the money, then I would tell you that would ha- that's what you need to do. If you need to go and take up an offering or tell people you're going on a mission trip or whatever, then you need to make that happen. But let me pray because I'm running out of time. Yes, um, ma'am. Father, <laughs> Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for who you are. And Lord, I thank you. I thank you for this woman. I thank you, God, for her believing you, starting in the beginning. God, the first thing I want to do is go after that pain in her soul. God, I want to come after the ravagement of the enemy. God, I'm asking that you would step in and give her the healing, the soul healing she needs. God, I want you to break the fear, break the, the, the unbelief, break the assaults of darkness. I rise up in my seat of authority, and I take my chair as his chief apostle in this particular oh, realm, and I command you, Satan, seat and desist. Loose her body, loose her mind, loose her spirit. God, I thank you that you take away the sorrow, take away oh, the pain, take away the agony, take away the insecurity and inferiority. Yes. Now, Lord, I'm calling the right mentor into her life, and God, I'm asking Thank you, that, that mentor come, that she recognizes that it's not just what the devil yeah. did or what the people did, but that there is a part for her to play in this, and that she needs to see how you want to repair her and then restore her. God, I put her on yeah. your restoration plan. Thank Anything you, you didn't ordain, she will not meet. Everything you ordain, Amen. she cannot flee. God, I thank you for putting thank your you, yoke of development on her. In Jesus' name, and deliver thank her you. from all of this harshness and all of this apostolic backlash. Lord, because she went out ahead of her time and because she was immaturely installed, God, she was not prepared to fend off the darkness of the angels that vet every apostle. And God, I thank you that you're going to bring her through thank the you. process and that what thank you, that her latter end will be greater than she ever dreamed. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name I pray. <laughs> amen Glory. and amen. Amen. God bless you, sister. God bless you, and I'm looking forward to meeting you, Dr. Price, real soon. All righty. Take care. All right, Parker right. Ashley, what am I doing? Where, where am I? You are at the curtain call. The curtain call. <laughs> I get a curtain call. I'm loving it. Okay, I want to again tell you next week we start Wednesday night. Hey, don't say it's too late. Don't say I can't. One of the things that gets me is for apostles and prophets to say, 
I'm an apostle, I'm a prophet, but I can't. That, the, the, those two are mutually exclusive. We're supposed to be the first and second officers of the kingdom, so can't can't be with us. Now, we need to learn how to work it out. That's why you need training. That's why you need mentorship, because you need somebody who needs to take the I can't because of what's obvious off the table for you and bring you into the, the, the provisions and providences of your mantle. You know, you, it, it just has to happen. There are times that you have to know when it's God, and when God needs you to do something, then you have to look at what he has provided for you to do it. But this, is, this kind of I can't, this defeated spirit that's out there, I have to tell you, I'm going to kill that in the name of Jesus. That defeated spirit, that cannot be. How are you going to break somebody else through and you can't break you through? Come on here. So I need us to change a few things. Join me next week. It begins Wednesday night. We'll have our dignitary dinner with Dr. Josh Wells, a professor at Oral Roberts University, and also a um, um, he, he's also the head of their Israeli studies. He spends a lot of time there. So if you're interested in that, please join us on Wednesday night. Uh, for the dignitary dinner, and then Thursday morning, the actual summit kicks off. I need to say this for some reason. I'm, I'm saying goodbye, but I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost said, I need you all to start acting like you're apostles and prophets and stop acting like wannabes who don't know what they're supposed to do with the power or the title. God told you to do something, do it. And if you can't get you to an event, how are you going to get somebody else in destiny? Hey, I'm done. Have a great afternoon. We will sit, talk to you Sunday for Scripture Organic. Culturally unmodified Christianity. Thank you for tuning in to the Paula Price Show. Become a financial supporter today by visiting www.drpaulaprice.com and click on Sow a Seed. Donate today.